Hi, I'm Maria Theharis or Velosos on social media. Welcome back to Saver 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Many thanks for the ongoing support from the Patreon community for Soul Organized Style Podcast. Your ongoing support every month keeps me developing these podcasts so you and our listeners can hear from sewers from all walks of life. So over 50 intersects with all sewing communities for a community that is so over ageism. Our focus is the sewing talent each person shares on social media and providing recognition of their willingness to share their skills, whether a beginner or an experienced sewist. Rose or on Instagram, you'll know her as Williams Rosamond is today's Sober 50 podcast guest. Thank you for inviting me into your home today, Roz. Well, thank you so much for having me. What an honour and a thrill to be on your podcast, Maria. Roz, you give a lot of your time and sewing skills to your local community, and we're going to find out about that in this podcast. Yes, that's absolutely right. I have, and all basically initiated through Sew Over 50, which is so fantastic. So, yeah. Well, let's get started. Yeah, let's do it. What style of sewing is your passion? So what I love is making things from repurposed fabric. And how I got into that is my mum sadly died last year. My dad moved into a care home. And when I was clearing my mum and dad's flat, I found lots and lots of really interesting fabric things. For example, a pile of beautiful vintage tea towels in the kitchen that were just, I don't know, there must have been about 50 of them. Beautiful silk scarves from my mum. Liberty print blouses and I thought there's no way I can throw these away I must do something with them and so they just morphed into making things I started and made a jacket from the tea towels for my son and very gratifyingly he wore it to his graduation ceremony in the summer which is always nice isn't it and and that that's kind of that's that's my favorite of the things that I've made because it's so happy memories as well the tea towels that it's made out of are things from trips that my mum and family have been on. So we look at the jacket and we remember going to Glam's Castle and we remember going to Brownsea Island and that's on the jacket now. So it's like a memory jacket. That's how I got into sewing things with upcycled fabric, which has been great fun and a passion for the last year, basically. And before that, what sort of sewing were you doing? I learned to sew in my teenage years at school. I had a fantastic needlework teacher. Um, and she used to get us to make costumes for the school play. And I really enjoyed that. And then as a teenager, I used to make all my own clothes because back in the 1970s, that was cheaper than, than buying them. And then I started making clothes for my mum, who was very impractical and couldn't make her own. And then for my brother, my little baby brother as well, started doing that. And I loved that. And then when I started work, 40 years later, I found I hadn't done any sewing because it's just too busy with working and children. And then came lockdown. So I think like many other people, I was furloughed down to three days. So I could was only working three days. So I got out my sewing machine and I remembered how much I loved it. And so from the beginning of lockdown, I was sewing, but I was just making things with buying fabric. Who knew you could make, you know, do anything else? But it was just great getting back into it. Um, and I said, and then that all changed when I ended up finding all these things. So, so most of what I make now was from recycled stuff. And you're still going a year later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my. There's so many. I can't tell you. There's so many ideas coming through now. I've got a couple of things 
on the side here. One of the things I'm making at the moment is some old fabric sample books with big fish patterns on them. And I'm making a jacket out of that. Everything that I see, my stepson, um, his friend works in a cashmere woolen mill and gave me a big box of offcuts of made Christmas presents from those. So then just everything I look at now in a completely different way, a dress from gingham tablecloths. And the other thing that's been great too is now when I go charity shopping, thrift shopping, I look at things and I buy tops in particular and then use material on the bottom to sew a skirt on. So it's kind of reusing secondhand tops, making them into dresses. It's an interesting take because they don't transform it in the way that you transform it. I suppose it's interesting to talk to somebody else about this, that if you get a nice top, that's the bit that's harder to make as well, isn't it? There's probably something for somebody that's starting. So if you get a top that fits, stitching a skirt onto that to make a dress, that's really pretty straightforward, isn't it? And I guess that's where I started. I thought, oh, I like that top. And it's quick. You can make a dress probably in a few hours as opposed to a few days. Yeah, I haven't really thought about that. That makes perfect sense now. Yeah. Let's go to your online name. How did you develop it? Uh, well, I think you probably listeners will guess that is my name. <laughs> and do you know what? Now that I'm part of the Server 50 community, I really wish that I'd started, done a really fancy pun, you know, with so in the word or some such thing. But I haven't. And I think, well, now it's too late to change it now because that's me and that's what people know me as. That's true. You took the easiest route for yourself. And I think that's really commendable because you're Rose Williams. So... It makes sense. Yeah. And I suppose non-sewing friends at least can find me. So <laughs> swings and roundabouts. <laughs> and is Instagram the only place that we can find you online? Yes. I do sometimes put things on Facebook as well. I don't really look at Facebook. So, yeah, just Instagram. And you mentioned that you initially started sewing because you had a really great needlework teacher at school. Yeah, Mrs. Fredrickson. Shout out to Mrs. Fredrickson. And I don't even know if she's still with us. You know, I really hope she is. Yeah. But it's amazing, isn't it, how important those teachers are to inspire you to do things. Yeah. yeah. And she was even nice to me when, I think everybody does this, when I iron usable interfacing onto the bottom of the school iron. Yes. <laughs> that still sticks with me. That was 45 years ago that I did that. <laughs> hey, you live to tell the tale. And that's my only actual a successful qualification in sewing was my needlework O-level. That was in 1977 that I did that. Wow. Can I ask, the skills that you learned back in the day and then, you know, you've picked them up again recently, do you still go back to those skills or are there new skills that you've picked up recently? Definitely that foundation is really important. I think it's quite hard to start Sewing, particularly, you know, using a machine, threading a machine off your own back. But now there are so many good YouTube videos and online instructions and so on that you can follow. And I definitely do use those. I've got a few books, dressmaking skill books. And that's usually where I start because I'm an old fashioned person. I yeah. really like to read something and see a picture before I go into a YouTube and I have to freeze frame it. But they're out there and I think somebody getting going today, it, it, you can get started using YouTube videos. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Or even check back what you know through some online videos as well. And it's for specific things. So I like to challenge myself to do something that I haven't ever done before. So I would start, I'd have a look in a book and then I'd have a look online and plan out what I'm going to do. 
but definitely without the basics from school, I think I would find it hard to have got it back up to speed so quickly. I suppose probably only been, you know, sewing for the last couple of years from 40 years before sort of thing. Then while you've been on Instagram, how did you discover the Sew for 50 community? Purely serendipity, actually. I started looking at things, yeah, because I realised that Instagram is the place for sewers. And so for inspiration, I just started scrolling through things and looking at things. And then I noticed that a lot of them had the Sew Over 50 tag on. So then I started following that and then posted my first thing. And then Judith noticed that and sent me a comment and said, oh, looks like you're in Edinburgh and I'm in Edinburgh too. So then obviously I got much more interested and we started, you know, there'll be a few backwards and forwards comments. And then Judith put me on the story one time, which was very thrilling, you know, like royalty, isn't it, when you're up on there? It is. Yeah, yeah. And then I noticed that Judith had posted that she joined in with street stitching event in Edinburgh, which is, that's a brilliant thing, which is a load of people sitting outside on camp chairs and we've made our own banners promoting repair what you wear, stitch it, don't ditch it. Quite nappy phrases but basically to discourage fast fashion and encourage people to do mending and, and wear what they've got anyway so I saw that Judith had done one of these street stitching events in Edinburgh and I said oh I'd like to join in with that and she put me in touch with the lovely Mary Morton who is at MVM 13 so I'll give her a boost to organize the first street stitching and then I got involved from there and it's been absolutely wonderful I've joined in with and even organised a few street stitching. We've done them through the summer, sitting in different places, which has high footfall in Edinburgh. We sat on Portobello Prom, which is very breezy for anybody that's from this area. We sat in Prince's Street Gardens, right in the heart of Edinburgh. Oh, nice. Yeah, it is really nice. One of my neighbours actually was involved with the COP26, making the embroidered banners. She came along and brought those. So we've kind of linked in with some of the people from there. And people stop and chat to us and ask us advice or are interested in it. And from there, Mary's got me involved in a Repair What You Wear mending cafe. At the, there's a shrub. And so every Tuesday evening, we do a Repair What You Wear mending cafe. And people can drop in and bring their stuff in to mend. And I would say most of the people that drop in are students yeah. who, A, don't know how to sew anything, and B, don't even have a needle and thread to do it if they wanted to Mm. and so they just bring in you know jeans with holes in or something that needs a button on and it's a lovely space it's in a space like shrub cooperative so I'll give that shrub coop a shout out and it's a zero waste hub and it's a lovely space where there's a cafe area donation of secondhand clothes donation of secondhand books and people can drop in have a cup of tea have a chat it's warm which is very important at the moment in the energy crisis too and it's been fantastic and I've met lots of people sewers and non-sewers said the lovely Mary and the lovely Helena who are the other sewing volunteers so long way from being an old lady sitting on her own in her house sewing I've met loads of wonderful people also mixing with you know students and younger people and we also now do a Sunday sewing cafe which is Sunday afternoon at that one we get a mixture of people again sometimes people bringing in their mending but sometimes people sewers like us who bring in things that they want to talk about with somebody a project what do you think about this how could I alter this or how do you think I could add pockets to this as one lovely lady came in on Sunday and said I want to add pockets to this but I don't know how to do that and so we drew around her hand we've got a couple of sewing machines so we got her to 
use our sewing machines and make the pocket. So it's, it's really, really great. You know, it's a really lovely community that I've found and become part of, which is fantastic. You know, you've been able to use your sewing skills to not only connect with people, but also add value to the community. Yeah. And adding value through the mending and repair and discussing things in safe spaces, but with others in the community who really value your skills too. Yeah, that's a really fantastic summary, Maria. That's a really nice way of putting it, a really good summary, isn't it? It's, it's giving something back or passing something on somebody else as well as I'm obviously talking about it from a selfish point of view saying how much I enjoy it and how much I've got from it but you're absolutely right that it is actually giving something to other people as well which is great thing to do isn't it because even when you're stitching in you know those high traffic areas and people stop it could be that people don't stop but they see what you're doing and they will remember that and maybe they will start to think about okay what can I do Maybe not at that point in time, but you're planting that seed of thought. Yeah, no, that's really, really good good way of putting it. Yes, it is. And it's definitely, it's you know, it's definitely not a protest. It's a quiet promotion, which is nice. Yeah, it's very much the spirit of sewing community, isn't it? It is, yeah. The repair what you wear, while, you know, people bring in something to repair, do they do the repairs themselves or do you do the repair? They do it themselves yeah so we don't do it for them they do it and so they can sit there and you know sew on a button or turn up the trousers so we've got a couple of sewing machines so they can use the sewing machine as well and so there's very much a sense of achievement for people that come in a lot of people say oh wow I never thought that I could do that you know they might come in and two hours later they've turned up a pair of trousers and learned how to use a sewing machine and that, that is a really great thing and particularly for the students, because it seems that the sewing is not taught in schools now, unless people pick home economics or, mm-hmm. or some sewing subject to specialise in, it's not taught as basic. So yeah. people feel like a real sense of achievement when they've <laughs> done something, which is great, isn't it? And the other thing that we're just talking about, actually, is making up little sewing kits for people to take away. So at the Zero Waste Hub, the idea is, you know, anybody can take anything they want and need from it. But actually, to sort of do a little bit more than that, we're talking now about making up some needle and thread and you know, little scissors and things like that, some buttons, so that people can have something when they need it next time. So these kits, are they being provided in part or in total from other businesses? How does that work? We haven't quite worked that out yet. So the cooperative has had some donation of money and that's how they managed to buy some of the things that, that we actually use with people. So we've got the most marvellous shears that we use, which are absolutely you know, cutting through butter. And that's my main favourite thing about going in there is these marvellous scissors that I haven't got at home. But anyway, so yeah, so some of it is donation. And I believe that um. A business donation, uh, I think, is in the offing, which is going to pay for the sewing machines. So the sewing machines were donated, but they need servicing. So I think there's a donation coming, and we're going to use that for servicing the sewing machines. You know, there's a little bit of donations from business. The Most of the stuff that we use, however, the fabric and solutions, you know, haberdashery, that type of thing, is donations from just the general public for example you know my friends 
now know that I do this. And I picked up from my friend the other day a garbage bag, black sack of stuff that her mother-in-law had. I mean, it was threads and bits and bobs and patterns and all that sort of thing. So we use those in there. Some of them, if they're lovely quality, they put them out and people can give donations and take them. Or we use them as part of the mending that we're doing. It's it's very much a community cooperative in the, the real true sense. Oh, that's good. That's really good to hear that. It's coming together from yeah. various areas and various people who are contributing. So let's talk about what your biggest achievement is to date, what your biggest sewing achievement is to date. Oh, Maria, this is the moment I've been waiting for to <laughs> look slightly smug. Luckily, this is audio, so people won't be able to see me looking smug. So really excitingly, in the latter part of this year, I collaborated on an outfit with my son, Jack. Jack's an illustrator. He's not a fashion designer, but it was a competition to design an outfit for the Shelter Scotland, which is a charity for the homeless. And they have a Fashion for Social Change Award. This is the first year that they've inaugurated this award. So we went in for that together and we were shortlisted for the award. We made an outfit out of old sheets and vintage tea towels, which Jack had designed and I made. And in fact, Jack's friend, who's a jewellery maker, made us a necklace to go with it, which is fantastic. So because we were shortlisted then, our outfit was then modelled by a professional model on the catwalk at the V&A at Dundee. Professional photos taken. We went to the catwalk, which was very, very exciting and thrilling because there was, you know, what I would say, real fashion companies there with their outfits. So absolutely brilliant. And then for the following week after that, our outfit was exhibited in the V&A Dundee. How thrilling is that to say that you've had your outfit in the V&A Dundee? You know, it was just the most brilliant experience. And that's how I noticed you on Instagram was through that exhibit in the V&A. Amazing, Roz. Brilliant. But, you know, it's such an exciting thing to happen. If you look at my Instagram, I actually had to say, here's a picture of one picture of me looking smug beside the dummy and then another one of Jack looking smug because we did. We just looked smug all the time. It was great. And there's going to be the shelter shops in Edinburgh and Glasgow. They're clearing one of the shops in Edinburgh and one of the shops in Glasgow to make them an exhibition of these. So that's going to be really thrilling too. So I'll post that on Instagram once I know exactly the dates and where they're going to be. Thank you for asking me that, Maria. That's the most exciting thing that I've done. (laughs) When I saw the images on Instagram, I thought, you know, how amazing it is that someone in the Sober 50 community that we can see online on Instagram has got an exhibit at the V&A in Dundee. I thought, wow, yeah, that's why I really had to get you on the podcast. Do you know, the other thing that was really thrilling when you said over 50 there, it's absolutely right that it was aimed at new designers, which, you know, Jack and I are new designers. But the other new designers were very young. (laughs) And so 61-year-old woman in this is so very exciting to do, you know, this time. So, yeah, very exciting. That's a virtual high five from everyone, I reckon. Definitely from me for doing what you've done (laughs) and for achieving what you've done. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? And it is lovely as well to collaborate with Jack. You know, it's really, really nice, isn't it, just to do something with your children and I couldn't have done it definitely could not have done it without him because I just could not have done the design part 
you know, that's where you need the artist's eye. He did fantastic drawings as well to go with it. So it was great, lovely. So does this mean that in 2023 you'll keep an eye out on future projects like this to be part of? Well, you've read my mind there, Maria, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was already just looking at, I think it's the Stitch Festival in London. They have a competition. So I thought, well, why not put something in there? Let's have a go, you know, have a go. You never know what might happen. At the very least, it's very interesting to do. It gives you a sort of purpose to aim for something. You know, so it's a really nice thing to do from that point of view. So, yeah, definitely anybody listening, have a go. Yeah, have a go. And as you said, you are a new designer. It doesn't matter what your age is. And you've told us what your age is, but you're a new designer. Yeah, because, you know, I'm a couple of years into this exciting new place that I'm at. <laughs> it's bonkers, actually, when I think about it. So, <laughs> yeah, two years ago, I was an IT project manager. And this is so far removed from that. I think, well, what, what was I doing that for 40 years? Anybody oh. who worked with me, sorry, if you're listening. <laughs> well, you know how to meet a deadline. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, yes. I know how to meet a brief as well. That was one thing that was funny. Yes. When Jack did the design for this, at the moment he's away in Dundee and I'm in Edinburgh. So he did the design, we got shortlisted, and I had to make up the outfit. And he didn't see it until the day that we took it to the V&A. He said, wow, Mum, it really looks like the design. <laughs> I said, well, that's the brief. I don't think he thought I would do it so, you know, so accurately. I said, well, if you give me a brief, that's what I have to do, right? That's your IT background. Yeah, exactly. That's good. So what keeps you sewing now? Oh, so many ideas, honestly. There's got so many ideas. If I'm not sewing, I'm thinking about what I'm going to be doing next sewing. I've got a couple of things on the side here, projects that are maturing. I love having something on the go. I'm also making for my friend Paula. She fancied a 1960s style dress and bought a vintage pattern and said, would I make something for her with the pattern? So, of course, that's a very exciting thing to do. So I've made the 12, but now the material just arrived. So that's nice too, you know, working, doing things with your friends, working with your friends, you know, doing fun things with your friends, isn't it? Yeah. You feel like it's a really nice thing that you can do together. What you've demonstrated, though, is that your IT background where you were doing projects with different people, you're still using those skills of collaboration with what you're doing now with your sewing in all sorts of ways. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but I do think about everything that I'm doing as a project. What's my next project? Yeah. Yeah, so that structure, you're absolutely right. the way I think about it. I do like the initial bit where you're planning it. I must admit, I do like that. I like thinking about, you know, what am I going to make with what and drawing, drawing out and writing out what order things are going to be done and etc. So, no, you're right. Yeah. Thank you, Maria. My 45 years working have not been wasted after all. <laughs> Natural talent. Yeah, you've got that discipline there and you're still using it. So that's wonderful. If that's the case, then what advice would you give people who are new to sewing? I say just give it a go. You know, you'll love it. Just give it a go meet people I suppose that's the other thing there's lots of support around you know I've talked about what we're doing with our mending cafes and sewing cafes but there's, there's loads of support online isn't there from our community from other communities on Instagram on YouTube so you're not alone even if you're virtually not alone it's fantastic to make something to do something and see something at the end 
and have other people appreciate it, whether it's because you're doing it for them or for yourself, both getting something out of it. So, yeah, just give it a go. Ros, thank you for coming onto the podcast because, as I said, I noticed you because of your v exhibit, so congratulations on that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you as the new designer in 2023 and what you're going to be doing next. Oh, Maria, thank you so much. What a lovely summary. It's been so lovely to, to do this. Such a thrill. Thank you so much for inviting me on. You're most welcome. Thank you again for all your time. And, you know, all the things that you're doing in the community adds value to the people who come in contact with you. So I'm not in that community, but you know i really appreciate the work that you're doing locally as well well thank you very much it's been great and and i'm not doing it selflessly because i've really i'm really enjoying it i've really enjoyed meeting the people and i'm really enjoying it thank you you're welcome thanks again roz okay maria thank you this episode of Seven Fifty podcast on soul organized style was produced by me maria thea harris with permission of roz sound by bensound.com if you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sober 50 account. Also, if you're interested in being part of Sober 50 Live with Bird and Molly for Sober 50, contact them directly to be part of this interactive community event. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. If YouTube is your thing, a library of Soul Organized Style Podcasts are being loaded onto YouTube with a few visuals to really show you what we're chatting about. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Save 50 podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. We'll look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.